Welcome back, everybody, to In the Trenches podcast. This is podcast 26, and we have a very special guest today with us. Her name is Amy Garcia. The better half to Gary Garcia is with us on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about marriage, doing ministry together, and a bunch of other great things that I think are going to be vital for those out there that are looking to get married and in ministry or those that are already doing ministry married. We hope you enjoy today's podcast, and without any further ado, here we go. Just like we said, guys, this is episode 26. Man, we hope you guys are doing good out there. But today we are joined with the Garcias. Gary Garcia is always with us on the podcast, but today, like we said, we have his better half with us, Amy Garcia. Amy, how are you doing today? Good. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great episode. And of course, um, not of course, but we do have to make sure that we let everyone know Elliot is not with us on the podcast today. He's alive, I promise, from the car yeah. wreck from last time. He, I was joking. He's still alive. Oh, man, I forgot that was the last episode we did. Yeah, what? we've had two without him now. This is this is too much. It's like I have my wife here, but I don't have my other wife here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's man. like Corey doing Boy Meets World without Sean. Like, I don't know where he went. Yeah, exactly. I, it's a fun fact. I've never really watched Boy Meets World. So. Oh, you're missing out. I know. Never really watched Friends either, so never was friends guy but yes we are we're back on the podcast and it is weird i just noticed that elliot is not with us for the second week in a row but we do have amy and amy i just want to kind of give you the floor to share who is amy garcia maybe um some fun hobbies um some things that we should know about amy and then on top of that we kind of asked this question to everyone and you've been in youth ministry almost just as long as Gary, I believe, um, or just in ministry in general. And so uh, we like to ask the question, what's the craziest ministry story you have um, to date? So Gary didn't warn me about that question, (laughs) but okay. So uh, I'm Amy Garcia and I am in ministry with Gary at Cornerstone in Fountain Valley. And um, I've been in ministry as long as I've been married a couple of years before that, um, so it'll be 24 years in September, and um, been helping out with youth for about 25 years. Um, and I also do worship at the church, and uh, I lead outreach and discipleship, so Bible studies, kind of in charge of that, and getting people plugged into the church, and then special events, anything they ask me to do. We're a smaller we're not a small church, but we're smaller. And <laughs> so, so I kind of um, wear many hats and I help wherever is needed. Um, I've got three kids. I've got a, a 27-year-old, uh, Niall, who is actually um, now on teaching staff with us. And he's married and we have um, an awesome daughter-in-law named Britt and a granddaughter who's seven months old. And then I have a daughter, Skylar, who's 22, and um, Asher, who's sitting here listening to all this, who is 16. So um, we have the experience of having our kids come up through our youth group, which was pretty crazy at times and awesome, um, and now parenting older kids. Um, and as far as hobbies, I, I don't know. I don't even know, and I asked Gary what are my hobbies? And he's like, I don't think you have hobbies. I think you're really passionate about certain things. And I think that's true. Um, There's a lot of things I like to do, but I'm a homebody. I love being at home with my family. I like doing things with my family. Um, 
I love the Word of God. I'm very passionate about that. I'm passionate about um, women in uh, the church and women knowing what their Bible says and um, theology. I'm very interested in that and um, knowing what we believe, being able to articulate it, being able to share it with other people and defend it. Um, and really, uh, really passionate about discipleship and um, walking with people on this road of sanctification that we're all on. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a, uh, I know it's kind of like on the spot, but do you have a crazy ministry story? I would say probably on a missions trip, the when we stayed at a hostel, she stayed in a oh, room with a bunch of girls. Okay. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can talk about that. There was this, we had one room and it, there was probably eight to 10 girls in the room and we were in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and we stayed at a youth hostel. And so, um, it was pretty gross. It was a pretty gross place. And, uh, by the end of it, our hands all started itching and, um, we noticed that there were these little tiny dots on all of our hands. They were kind of starting in between our fingers and then running up our hands. And, um, this was before we all had smartphones and we can look up whatever we wanted. <laughs> we had to like really research it, but it was scabies. Oh and man. the whole, <laughs> the whole room, all the girls in that room got scabies. So when we got home from the missions trip, we had to all go to the doctor and get this like topical poison to put on. It was like a phone. day or two before we flew home. And so they all had to go on the plane, right? All miserable. The guys had no problems, but yeah, it was so itchy, crazy, but I have like, there's stuff like that's happened. Like I've, I've had an experience with bed bugs. Mm. Um, so it, like those nasty mite stories are, I guess that's my, my mission trip experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those like, being on a mission trip, especially just outside the U S is like you run into stuff like that all the time. It's so, it's like gross almost. And oh, it is gross, but yeah. Oh wait, there was another one. Oh, there was another one when we were in Romania and, uh, we went to that farm that had Teen Challenge people living in the farm, and they also worked the farm. Okay. And so as we're walking through the farmhouse area, there were pigs and, and uh, cows and everything, and um, they were telling us in broken English that they had just killed one of the pigs and that we were, <laughs> they had made sausage out of it. <laughs> and we're like, oh, kind of understanding, kind of not. And then they sat us down for lunch and they had indeed made sausage out of one of the pigs that they had just killed. And we were to eat that for lunch. And it was, it was the grossest thing I've ever eaten. It was, it was that f- very fresh sausage and pickles and, um, mashed potatoes and i just remember like hiding everything under the mashed potatoes and then giving it to one of the guys in our group who would eat anything and so whenever the people went out of the room or turned their heads we would just kind of shovel it onto his plate and (laughs) it was gross in my mind i was like oh it's gonna like taste so good no 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 uh -uh. they hadn't perfected that sausage making skill yet (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you say that and uh, i remember when i was in belize one year we were at a, uh, a foster, like a foster home and they had this bus filled with chickens, just like all the seats are out. There's hay in there and they're just filled with like hundreds of chickens just running around and they would go in there and they take them and then they would cook them for like dinner. They, all the kids would be out there and just like the funnel systems that they had. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Damn. a handful of our students that were our young adults that were with us, they like threw up and it was just. It was funny to me. Oh. But yeah, I, I get you there. Um, 
But today is not about uh, nasty mission trip stories or eating gross food. No. But today we are going to be talking about doing life together, doing ministry together as a married couple and just doing ministry um, along with family. And so we thought what better couple to have than the ones that are the, I don't want to say poster child, but the ones that are there leading in SoCal, leading at Cornerstone Youth, doing a lot with the SoCal Student Ministries together, Gary and Amy. And so today we have just a handful of questions to help um, myself and to hopefully help those that are listening today on the podcast. Um, and the very first question that we just want to dive into is this, and it's a uh, what is the best times you guys have had doing ministry together? Um, I, I would say, um, th- obviously, that the times that really stand out to us are when we're on missions trips or okay. when we're doing big ministry events or when we're at camp. Um, but as we were talking about this, um, Gary pointed out, when we've had students in our home mm. and we're able to ha- have those conversations, those deeper times, or when we've had small groups in our home or when we've had individuals over and, and we've been able to pray with them and talk with them. Those are special times whenever we can um, whenever we can have them in that more intimate setting when it's not such a, a formal environment, but it's more like home. Mm. And, um, and we can we can minister to them and disciple them in that way. I think that's been a really fun aspect of ministry. I just know some youth pastors who kind of see home as like, oh, that's my safe spot. That's, you know, we just, that's where we get to be alone. Or, yeah. And I get some of that, but I also feel like, man, when we've had students in our in our house and um, we just get to have special moments with them. I mean, there's been times when students have just showed up randomly. I can remember a couple of times where a group of boys would just show up and, before you know it, it's nine o'clock at night, and Amy's making pancakes, and we're yeah. just, uh, you know, hanging out and having some great conversations. And um, even recently, we had a bunch of boys over, and we were playing uh, Jackbox, that it's called, mm-hmm. and just hanging out. And 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 it's those moments that are kind of unscripted, unplanned, that God just seems to really build some connection and some trust and some relationship. And um, yeah, we've always been big on having students in our in our house. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's super awesome. Um, and that's like the beautiful part about doing ministry together is you guys have that same mindset to be able to open that house up for whoever it is that you are leading. Um, and I would even throw this question out there, too, because, again, obviously you guys are doing ministry together, but maybe even flipping the script a little bit and going into this idea of maybe doing ministry um, you're married and you're in ministry, but maybe your spouse d- isn't in ministry. They support you fully and that, everything like that, but maybe don't have that same heart um, d- of doing ministry together. How would you guys s- maybe speak to that or even kind of guide that kind of a, a conversation? I know it's kind of a last second question, but just something that popped into my mind as you guys were talking about having your house open for pretty much anyone and everyone to come into. Mm, it's kind of a kind of controversial to talk about nowadays because you want to respect people's um, dreams and things like that. I've always looked at it as Gary's calling was to be in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. My calling, um, where I did where I did feel uh, called to participate in that, I didn't feel called to lead youth ministry. He was definitely always the leader. I was uh, more of a supportive role. My my main job, and it always has been, because when we when we got married, I had a, a three year old um, that I had had before we had started dating, and so my role has always been um, as a mother to 
mother, my children, to support him. So it, in order, it would yeah. be God, my husband, my children, and then ministry. And um, so I think a lot of times when um, people get married um, and there's this sense of, I want to support you in ministry, but I don't have the same passion about it. I just think people have to be really careful um, before they get married to make sure that that their ministry goals line up with each other. Because I don't know that Gary could have done it without <laughs> without me <laughs> being as involved as I was. Like he doesn't like it when I don't go with him yeah. anywhere. And so I, I know that he wanted somebody who was very hands on, very involved with him. And if if that is what you want for your life, you need to make sure that your wife is on board with that. Um, on the other hand, if you if you don't need that constant um, help and that that partnership in ministry, um, it can work. But the wife's role is still the same. It's still God husband, children, ministry, mm -hmm. and then your income um, is, is secondary to ministry. So I, I know there's a lot of couples who have to work because that, that's what they have to do to make ends meet. But what I would say to anybody who's out there hustling for a career or a job um, as a wife and as a mother, um, nothing can replace those roles yeah. in your life. There's no amount of money. There's no big house. There's no awesome career that can be better than, than partnering with your husband and, and being a mom. Um, and, and I feel for, I feel for those women who aren't able to, to have children or, um, who don't feel called to ministry. I, I know that God has a plan and a place for you. Um, but I, I've just felt so much reward and enrichment by um, by being in this role and, and making my primary concern my family and then supporting him in ministry. I don't ever want to do anything that's going to um, jeopardize his call or call him away from ministry or cause him to doubt or yeah. um, put any sort of stumbling block in his way um, because I know that that's his calling and I know that the Lord has called me to ministry in my own way and to also support him. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's conversations we had to before we got married was, you know, do you feel called to ministry? And, and, and I think she, she did feel that she felt a call and, and to, to serve and be a part of ministry. And it's one thing I talk to young youth pastors all the time about that, you know, before you get married, you need to really know that you need to have those conversations. You need to understand um, what you're getting into because once you're married that's a done deal but before that you know from where I'm at it, it goes God if you're not married it goes God your ministry and then you know your dating relationships etc because you know you're not in a marriage relationship so I've always said no, you have to have that conversation you need to know and if you're you're dating someone and, and they're like you know I'm not really called to ministry can I tell you, it's probably not the direction you should go. And I don't know if people agree or disagree with that, but I've just seen too many times, um, I've seen it, like personal, firsthand seeing people get into ministry and one of them is not called, the spouse is not called to ministry, and they don't stay in ministry. 
they they end up um, falling away from it, and and usually it ends up going in an even worse direction because there's this resentment then, and, um, and so having that full understanding of you know I'm marrying someone who also feels called to be a part of ministry. Now maybe they're not called to be a pastor and be in full time ministry like you are, but they're called to uh, come alongside and and do that, and that's been great with Amy. She's always come alongside and been a part of everything that we're doing and. And I do. I'm a baby. I don't like to travel without <laughs> my wife and, and stuff. But I have. I've done, you know, long-term missions trips without her. I've done um, camps without her. It's not the best. But one thing I did learn in, in the early years, and I've tried to really um, share it all you guys as we've gone through just training youth pastors and stuff, is to know that as you sh- as you're, um, you're, she's going to go through seasons. Someone said that to me. She said, you know, your wife is going to go through seasons, and you have to understand that. There's going to be seasons where she can be really involved mm-hmm. with youth. And then there's going to be seasons where she has a bunch of babies, and yeah. and she's not going to be able to be uh, out late or, or do this, and those kids are going to be on schedules, and you're going to have to allow her and let her to live out that season of being a mom. And so and and I really tried to do that. I wasn't always perfect, but we always really tried to do that. And then when the kids got old enough, she was able to jump right back in and, and be super involved again and, and part of the, the youth group and the girls and the leaders and et cetera. Yeah. No, that's super. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff right there. Like, because it's even like I see it in my own life and my marriage. I've only been married two years, but that was like those conversations that we had to have before jumping into marriage is my wife knowing that like I was called to ministry and Amy I like what you said just like almost in a way like not wanting to be a hindrance not wanting to be a roadblock to the call that God had on Gary's life and that was like the same conversation we had to have and I think even though those are tough conversations for those that are out there that are dating that are looking to get married I think those are conversations that are a must before you do go out and buy that ring and propose to your wife Um, yeah well and I think now we're seeing more and more kind of a a switch off where women are feeling the need to bring in an income and Mm. so they're starting this side hustle type of business type thing and I've seen two couples now in ministry who have abandoned ministry for that side hustle Mm. and that's a huge that's a huge thing that I think is taking hold um, with people in ministry because they see the opportunity to make money and possibly make a lot of it the, the there's always that carrot dangled in front of them you can you could have all yeah. this this is the lifestyle that you want and and uh, like I got involved with oils for a while and then I just backed off of it because I just could not I, I didn't want to be a salesperson I didn't want people to feel like every time they saw me they I, they had to talk about oils which mm. is so stupid um, so I just I needed to be ministry first and ministry minded. And I didn't want anything in my life that would compromise the ministry that the Lord has placed in front of us. So I think, um, I think it's a big temptation for women to think you can be this girl boss, babe, and you can pursue all that you want and make all this money and on your side hustle when Mm -hmm. actually it's taking up a lot of mental space and mental energy to actually do this and to be in sales and, um, and then, and then to end up compromising your whole call to ministry at the end of it. That's, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, and, and one more question that I, I want to ask and, um, 
it's this. And we ask this question for those that are out there that are going through some hard times in their marriage and also in ministry. So they're letting them know, hey, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. And here's some ways that we can hopefully work through that together. Um, and the question is, what were some of the hardest times um, doing ministry together and how have you guys overcome them? I would say the hardest times were when our kids were little, uh, just because I didn't know exactly how I fit and um, I didn't know how to be involved during those years at times. Um, they, were also, they were also really isolating. I was a stay-at-home mom, and if I didn't have a good support system around me of friends and people that I could have as an outlet, um, I felt very alone and jealous of Gary at times because he had, he's, very, he's a very relational person, and he always has people around him, and I just felt like I was alone um, mm. for most of the day while he's at work and I'm just with my kids and it really took the Lord changing my perspective on that and and the importance of what a stay-at-home mom does and um, the importance of the stewardship of that role um, and so those were those were probably the hardest times when our kids were little and we were just figuring out how to manage time and what to say yes to and what to say no to yeah. and all those feelings and just really learning how to communicate with each other and we, you know we whenever we talked about marriage and stuff and and obviously communication is key but you have to learn it really you know and and then you think you know it because just the two of you and then all of a sudden kids are brought into it and that changes the the conversation it changes how you communicate and and really you know figuring that out and figuring out you know what i had to really learn and her too is she she would see things and hear things and understand things totally different than me and so i had to make sure that i i took the time to really learn that and understand that because she we were just not on the same page sometimes and it was really hard and really frustrating for both of us but yeah really understanding that and learning that and and being patient on both sides one of the best things that she learned and um that she's actually taught other um you know spouses and stuff too is um, not to, to fight with me right before I go on stage. And that's the kind of stuff we do early on is yeah. we Sunday morning or Tuesday night, we'd get an argument literally right before I'm going up to, to speak and we'd just be frustrated with each other. And I would take that into the message with me. And yeah. I know that's something she really kind of has, has taught others and, and has helped me and her. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's, it's like, it's almost Satan poking you in the back. Like you should bring this up right now. This is yeah. a great time to talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> he seems so open to what you're going to tell him. And then, yeah, you, you would, you would hear it in his voice. You would hear it during the message. So that was something. Another thing that helped us a lot was, um, sharing our calendar so mm -hmm. um that <laughs> i think when we first got iphones um and the and when i whenever there was the ability to do that we started sharing our calendars so everything that we put on the calendar both of us can see um so i can see you said yes to what <laughs> <laughs> this many days in a row but i mean it's it's really good because if there's already stuff there then that's one less thing to argue about um and and keeping the paper calendar just wasn't working anymore so that's <laughs> a great tip get on the same calendar share your schedule yeah, that's helped a lot. You know, I would just really, you know, so much of that is, is figuring those things out. But, um, you know, we've learned a lot. And I look back and, and we've talked about this recently. You know, I'm I'm almost 50 now. And, and I, I think I've kind of hit the late 40s with a lot of regret looking back on, on ways I wish I would have done things better with my kids, things mm -hmm. I would have done better with my wife. And, um, 
So we, you know, it's something that I would just really encourage youth pastors to do is to really figure out time management, to learn how to communicate with your family, to learn how to spend time with them, to learn how to navigate. If you're going to have your teenagers, your kids, part your personal kids, part of your youth ministry, how to really navigate that well. And yeah. um, one thing we've talked about a lot recently, I even mentioned this in the last podcast, is when it comes to discipleship, to not outsource that as parents, you know, like uh, it's easy for, I think, not just pastors, but anyone to say, oh, they go to youth group, they go to church, they're taken care of. But we've really learned in our later years here of being a parent of of discipling our kids and and moments that we've missed because of that and, and how not to outsource that and to bring it home. And so you know, there's so much that goes along with being um, a pastor, a parent, a, a spouse, and walking through that. And I would just encourage any young youth pastors out there, young married youth pastors out there, grab some strong Christian couples around you that are have a lot of wisdom. And, and Amy and I will always be that for any of you. But um, and 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 ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And learn from others' mistakes. Yeah, we had we had the privilege of being in a small group with an older um, youth pastor and his wife. And we gleaned a lot of wisdom from those days. And I just remember every time I'd go to camp and I'd be able to talk to Lucia Smithson or somebody who had been in the game for a long time. And she would she would pour into me every mm. single time. And she would give me these little nuggets of wisdom. And I was like a sponge. I just wanted to soak it up and, and learn it all. But that is so true, what you said about not outsourcing the discipleship of your children. And I think in ministry, we get so caught up with our ministry goals and how are the students doing that it's very easy to think that our students are just our, our own children are just rolling along with our students and mm-hmm. everything's fine but it's a very unique role that we have and and r- the role as parents is is primary to disciple our children and to teach them and to pour that time into them above any student that we have yeah and, and it's amazing what would happen in the church if parents would just take that seriously, if parents would actually disciple their children, how many more Christians would we have at the end of high school Yeah, that wouldn't just drop off and leave the church or decide when they go to college that they don't believe anymore? They would have a solid rooted foundation. And so I, that's so important. And it's something that we've done so imperfectly. And it, it's unfortunate because that's one of those things that most people look back on and say, oh, I could have done so much better. If only we could get the next generation to listen from yeah. the beginning, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still learning. I mean, even now I'm still learning how to be a better youth pastor to my own kids. And uh, like our youngest is in our youth group now. And, and, um, and even, you know, it, it's such a hard balance. If you choose to be youth pastor to your kids, you've got to really figure out how to do it and, and understand this. And I'm constantly reminded, I was literally just Tuesday night reminded of this, that, um, you know, no one, none of these other kids' parents are sitting in the room. Mm. So you have to start figuring out how to turn that parent mode off. And, and I'm still not perfect at it. You know, the other night we were there and, and we were, um, someone, one of our young people was up speaking and, and I mistakenly thought my son was on his phone. And so I sent him a text (laughs) just trying to be funny, like get off your phone. And he's like, I'm not even on my phone. And um, so it's kind of two. One, I missed the mark there because he wasn't on the phone. But two, no other kids' parents there to yeah. tell them to get off their phone. So I need to, 
I, I'm still trying to learn how to turn off dad mode and just be pastor mode and, and not, you know, do that. And so that's something we've, we've really tried to do through the years, but we have not, I, I would look back, I would look back and say with my three kids, I didn't do the best job um, being a youth pastor and a dad at the same time. I tried, but I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm. So I could probably do a whole episode on just that and, and how to, to do those things better. So, um, yeah, there, there's definitely things I've learned that I would love to just tell other youth pastors, like, this is how you do it. This is the yeah. mistakes you don't make with your kids. And one of the big ones is when you're at youth group, don't be dad, just be youth pastor. Yeah. yeah. I, and I would also say um, for those people who are in it right now who have their own children or teenagers in their youth group, um, you're pointing them in the right direction. You are your job is to to steward your role as a parent and to coach them at that point and um you're gonna have to trust that the lord is gonna grab hold of their hearts Mm. and they're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna embarrass you and they're gonna um they're gonna do what they want to do at times and um that does not mean that you're a horrible parent and i just want to encourage parents because I, i feel like there's such a mark on our kids Um, being PKs that they they are constantly under some sort of microscope whether it be from your own church or other people that you're friends with in ministry they're constantly looking at your kids and if they do something wrong you feel like it reflects on you and I get that I totally get it Um, but in the end salvation is from the Lord and it's not from me and it's not from um, the me you know forcing them to be a believer um the lord has to grab hold of their hearts and and that's what i take refuge in that's what gives me hope um i know when our oldest was in the youth group we were like is he even saved we don't (laughs) we don't even know and he was a good kid he just like he wasn't really emotive and he you know we just couldn't really tell and now he he is amazing he's like our our theologian and he loves the Lord with all of his heart and it's and I and people say aren't you proud of him and I'm like yeah I'm proud of him but not for what I did Mm -hmm. it's what the Lord did and I think that's parents have to come to terms with that it's it's about what the Lord does in their life and it and it's up to the Lord yeah and they and every teenager just like the other teenagers in youth group are are on a journey and you know we've had to learn that with our kids is they're on a journey and um, you know, yeah, when they're young, they kind of live off our faith and they are part of the church because we're part of the church. But mm-hmm. at some point, um, each one of them is going to have to find, you know, their faith in Jesus. And, you know, so we know, like, uh, we're seeing it in all three of our kids, our, our both our sons and our daughter, they are, they, they are all on a journey and in and, and different places on the journey. And yeah. so, um, you know, a lot of it is trust. A lot of it is not living in maybe as parents in the guilt that you might have from, you know, the, what I do wrong. But really just, you know, we talk about trust and faith. But when it comes to your kids and, y- and you're in ministry, that's where real faith and trust comes into God. Like, okay, God, I just got to trust you. Yeah. You think you pray hard when they're babies and when they're little. You you don't pray hard until they become teenagers <laughs> and then young adults and you're just pleading with God. So, that's what we've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of great stuff. And I think we do. We need to have that podcast uh, episode on PKs because, I mean, I've seen it just jumping into ministry and not being a PK, not growing up in church like this, un- this like almost unneeded, but this like um, 
this requirement that it feels like PKs need to meet a certain standard. And um, I think that'd be a great podcast to really dive into. But before we do close, there, there was something that I wanted to um, share that both of you guys talked about, and that was kind of coming along someone that's older, wiser, that's been in the game for a while. I would even encourage anyone that's listening right now that they, they're dating and they're doing ministry with their girlfriend or their boyfriend, um, having that conversation now. And, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll never forget when my wife, um, Aubrey, she we had the talk of like, Hey, I think like we want to get married. And then it clicked in her head. It was like, I'm going to be married to a, a youth pastor, someone in ministry. And I'm so glad she did this. And it wasn't a conversation we had, but she went to our old youth pastor's wife and had the sit down conversation with her saying, what is it like being married to a youth pastor? And it, it opened her eyes to one kind of what that life is going to look like and i'm so glad that she did that because there was even stuff that i wasn't prepared for that i was going to have to walk through with my wife that um i had no idea about and so Mm -hmm. i do i encourage anyone that's out there that's listening right now have that conversation like gary said that gary and amy would love to have that with you guys and connect it's important and it's important i mean i was dating a girl before um i was dating amy and, and and she was a christian she went to church we um i with you think I was in love with her? I, you know, my my heart and plan was to marry her, and you know, it really became clear um, there wasn't a calling to to ministry there. And I remember just kind of saying, I have to make a decision here. Like, I need to either just push through this and we'll see what happens, <laughs> take it by chance, or I've got to end this. And and I really felt, you know, God putting it on my heart like this this isn't going to work. She's not called to be a youth pastor's wife. She doesn't love teenagers like you love teenagers. And, you know, eventually I ended that relationship and, Mm -hmm. and it was hard and it was sad and there was a lot of tears, but I also knew like my calling, I'm not married right now. So my calling does become, come before all this. And, um, you know, and and so it's, it might be hard to hear as a young youth pastor, but if you're just dating, Man, your calling comes first, and and g- protect your calling, guard your calling uh, above all else, yeah. you know, and and um, because you will pay for it later if you don't. Yeah, and I and I would say it also goes the same for him, um, protecting my calling. So if I'm called to worship ministry, he's he's very active in protecting that. I'm currently really involved in um, a pregnancy clinic and do a lot of work with women seeking abortions. And he's so supportive of that. And um, I, I, without that support, I don't know if I'd be able to really do it. So now I'm feeling the effects of him hmm. supporting me and praying for me and, and loving on me so I can love these women and, and help them. So, yeah. yeah, I would say to, to everyone listening to you, man, if you ever want, we, we love doing stuff together. And, and Amy has such an incredible, powerful testimony um, that has to do with being a teen mom and, and abortion and a few other things that um, it's just powerful. And we, we've kind of done a few of those at different youth ministries. And so um, man, I'm, I'm kind of obviously, you know, super proud of her, but she does have an incredible message to share with, with um, not just young girls, but it's important for young guys to hear this stuff too. Mm. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, Gary, Amy, thank you so much for 
taking the time out of your schedule to be able to make this podcast. Um, fun fact, Gary and Amy are actually heading on vacation. They said, you know what, we need to make sure we get this podcast recorded. So they made sure to stop by before heading out. So thank you guys for yeah. coming. Um, uh, if there's anyone out there that's listening that has any questions on anything said today on episode 26, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at SoCalYouthPastors. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to talk with you. Also, just a heads up, as this is getting released on Monday, uh, summer camp is right around the corner. We're going to be up at Pinecrest on Friday. So we'd love, yeah, it's going to be a great time. We'd love to connect with you. And it's Gary's birthday on Monday, July 12th. That is very uh, true. And he's turning 50, <laughs> and it's just amazing. Wow, so when this episode releases, it's going to be Gary's birthday. Yeah. So happy Yay. birthday, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to turn 50 years old. But um, he doesn't look it. He looks good. No. You're a good-looking man. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. But, yeah, we'd love to connect with you guys up there. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for tuning in and taking a listen. One shout-out, Gary, since it is your birthday today as this is releasing. Um, but, again, we'd love to connect with you guys up at summer camp, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. All right. See you. Bye. See ya.